fasten your seatbelts. We're hurtling through the uh, intertubes. Fastened. Yeah, put your tray in the upright position. This might be I'm my gonna... first time on Facebook Live. Ooh, all right. Waiting. I'm nervous. Anything, I'm anything, <laughs> anything could happen. I know. So I'm going to just confirm that you and I look as good there as we do here. And say something for me, Alex. Hi, Scott. How are you today? If, oh, I, I forgot to tell you. If there might be sirens going by, I'm like on a very busy street in Brooklyn and a lot of times. No, I, I, I know you're a wanted woman. I get it. That's, that's <laughs> All right. So here we are. Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live, everybody. To learn more about Creative on Purpose, visit BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Join the mailing list and receive a weekly dose of inspiration to fly higher in endeavors that make a difference. Please remember that Creative on Purpose is also an iTunes podcast. Check it out. Leave a five-star review. 30 seconds of your generosity helps spread the goodness delivered by my guests. Let's get to today's show. Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. This show accepts where you're at and helps you get where you want to go. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into your what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Dialogue to Make a Difference. My guests are leaders engaging in transformative discourse, discussions that shun the status quo and embrace possibility. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Alex DePama, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can we connect with you to learn more? Hi, Scott. I've been holding in a cough throughout that whole intro. Hang on. <clears throat> okay. You're fine. My name is Alex. I'm a podcast producer, a teacher, um, and very recently, it's weird for me to even say this. That's why I'm excited to kind of be on this podcast and your intro about you know accepting where you're at and going to the next step. I'm now a business owner. I started my own business like about a month ago. So I have like a podcast production business that I'm in the process of building and figuring out as I go, but mainly I produce audio. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you are, so you and I connected through a Seth Godin program called mm -hmm. the podcast fellowship, which right. um, you, I'm, I'm guessing co-produced or co-created with, mm -hmm. with Seth. Uh, I, I was a very, um, a very poor student of that program, but I was a participant. Well, for... you're being too hard on yourself. You were, there's no such thing as, well, there is such thing as being a poor student, but you weren't that bad. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I will take not, not that bad, but it, <laughs> as much of the program as I engaged with and with just hearing the lessons that you and Seth provided, it's a really deeply impactful program. And I'm excited to have you on the broadcast because uh, podcasting is is a thing now it's probably more of a thing than commercial radio um is now and it's, it's to me it's it's even more vibrant and important than commercial radio was back when i was a young person um just maybe start by telling us a little bit about how did you stumble into podcasting uh and and the the endeavor that you engaged with with seth yeah i I stumbled into podcasting basically I studied English in college. I went to journalism school um, and I had a journalism professor. It was literally, she, I'm still in touch with her. She's a mentor now, but um, she just said to me during a writing class one day that she thought I had a good voice for radio and that there was a great radio class at the journalism school and that I should check it out. 
So I did, and and this is something we talk about in the podcast fellowship a lot. I, I remember playing my first radio piece and just like being mortified at the sound of my own voice. And that might contribute to the fact that I became a producer after that rather than an on-air host. But um, eventually after you know studying radio in graduate school, I, as we were just discussing, worked at Minnesota Public Radio for a few years producing live radio there. Um, and at that time, podcasting, like, I think in the podcast industry, you'll hear a lot that there's kind of like a pre-serial era and a post-serial era mm -hmm. of podcasting. Um, and at the time that I was at Minnesota Public Radio, it was the pre-serial era. So podcast, it was mainly as you're talking about, you know, like public radio, commercial radio, podcasts weren't as much of a thing. So by the time um, I left public radio, I started working in TV for a little while. And that when I was working TV is when the podcast thing started to happen, when Serial came out, when it started to become a, an industry. Um, and at that point, I was also just like missing audio production. I was I was working at it was like I was editing video and doing the whole thing with like the big camera. And it just seemed like a much higher maintenance way to tell a story in some senses. And I was just missing like, you know, getting on my computer and doing the thing all by myself. So I ended up at a podcast company called Midroll. Um, and they do, you know, I think it's now called Stitcher, but they do a lot of podcast production. They work in podcast advertising and that's where I got connected with Seth. So through my job at Midroll, I was producing Seth's podcast called Akimbo. Um, and it was one of those things, you know, when it's just like lucky, like it was so lucky mm -hmm. that Seth and I got connected, um, <laughs> more for me than Seth probably, but <laughs> he's just, he was somebody who I think, you know, I've heard, I've of course listened to the podcast you had with Seth and you know changing lives and all that is what he does but um we just really hit it off and so after working with him on on his podcast he was talking about um a family friend of his who had gotten in touch and said she was stuck her parents wanted her to do a summer internship that was you know like getting coffee and pushing paper or whatever and his idea was but she wanted to do a podcast but she needed like a structure. She said that like her parents would not accept this summer internship unless it was something that was like a course that at the end you get some kind of a certificate. So Seth being Seth, this probably that call with his family friend probably happened on a Wednesday. He called me on a Thursday and said, do you want to do an online podcasting class? I said, yes. Then I'm like, you know, it was like the following day we basically launched. So not quite like that, but it was, it all happened very fast, you know? And that's, it was, we were laughing, you know, Seth with writing books. Like one day I'll talk to Seth and he'll be like, I am, I just started writing a book. And then it seemed what feels like two weeks later, he'll be like, I just finished my book. Right. Um, he's so productive. And so, and that has been so inspiring in that sense. But yeah, so then we just launched the podcast fellowship and it was something that in the first round of it was very much an experiment. And we weren't, I, you know, I had never taught online classes before. Seth gave me a ton of guidance in that area you work with him on his online classes as well but it ended up being just like hugely rewarding for Seth and I and the feedback was amazing from the 300 plus students who did the first round mm -hmm. so then we ran it again in the in the fall of last year that was round two even more students 500 something students that's the round I think you were in again feedback incredible participation great people were making amazing work like the, and you, I, I know that you're familiar with this from probably marketing seminar and bootstrappers is those are other stuff, stuff classes, but hearing just the feedback from people and saying how much it kind of made them realize what they wanted to do, where they were at in life, what their skill sets were, things that I didn't even 
anticipate the outcome of those classes and and people the things we were hearing were just amazing so we're planning to you know run it again and hopefully get some more great students yeah well so I, I like that point that you made about the cohort about mm -hmm. going through it with others because that is probably the piece of Seth's programs that sets them so far high and above any other kind of online learning experience is that there is uh, that built into the process is this idea that you should and shall be reading the work of others, commenting on the work of others, and asking those with whom you resonate to comment on your work. And in the podcast fellowship, the Bootstrappers Workshop, and the marketing seminar, um, and in Alt MBA, Seth has a team of coaches, and you had a great team of coaches in the podcast yeah, fellowship that are that are facilitating yeah. that process of right. like making sure people are staying with the lessons and on the lessons, but at the same time, making sure they engage with the community. So I wanted to right. just stick a pin in that because I think for people that are tuning in, so many of us are solopreneurs or uh -huh. you know, just do, all alone in our heads all day doing great work or what we aspire to be great work. And we forget how how impactful and how much better work is when it's done with and for right. other people. So. That's so true. And also, I think it's it was a total change in mentality for me because throughout, you know, high school, college, grad school, like I was always kind of, and it's almost embarrassing looking back on it, but I kind of had that mentality of like, when classmates would raise their hands to say something, you know, there's always those talkative classmates and that still can be annoying, but I was always of the mind. I was like, I'm not here to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what the professor has to say. I'm trying to learn from like the expert here and like doing, you know, Seth's method of teaching and learning. It, it's very obvious that everyone else in the class has a lot to contribute to. And it's not just learning from the top down. And that's, I think, yeah, that's a model that has definitely kind of changed my view on that. Yeah. I just recently, for what whatever reason, the most recent season of Akimbo, I had not been, I didn't catch it that it was mm -hmm. Uh, that there were new episodes. So I just kind of blasted through and am now current, but he went through the um, the three parts uh, based on his stop stealing dreams, his, mm -hmm. his rant, his 20 yeah. minute rant about public education and the need to, to fix it. And, right. and um, but he talks just, I just want to bring this up for, for listeners, mm -hmm. uh, that idea of students of any age really self-gathering and and self-educating um, right. in small groups can be really powerful yeah and i don't want to make this a a seth fest but i'm just going right. to stick one more pin in <laughs> because this you've you you pointed to this and i've been recognizing this and i've been trying to adopt this posture one of the things that makes seth so seemingly everywhere at once and so incredibly productive is he has successfully eliminated all the, the doubt filters and all the fear mm -hmm. filters and all the resistance filters. He's just, when he has decided that he is going to go in the direction that he's pointed, he just goes. Right. And he has this remarkable ability to find what he needs and get the information that he needs and, and find the people that he needs as yeah. he's moving forward. And so for anybody that's thinking about podcasting or anything, any kind of worthwhile endeavor, um, we learn by doing and right. uh, learning that does not lead to action as my right. friend Epictetus says is useless. Yeah. And, so, and that is actually like speaking of kind of the the responses we got from the podcast fellowship, it's very, and, and 
Seth, even more than I did, knew this from the get-go that the resistance that people were facing was literally just pressing record. You know what I mean? And it's not like, it's not, not to minimize what we do at the podcast fellowship, but everyone kind of at the end of the fellowship, when they had published episodes to iTunes, the whole thing was all I needed to, I was just waiting for tomorrow to do it. I was just like making excuses and all you have to do. And that's Seth's whole thing. Just press record, press publish and put it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. And that has been, yeah, that's, I think it's very, Oh, it's the, inspirational the, the, message. It's it's <laughs> behind. Uh, it's the secret of my quote unquote success as a podcast or mm-hmm. this, this, this podcast or this broadcast has undergone at least half a dozen brand iterations yeah. in terms of the name and, and the, the focus. And, mm-hmm. and um, but it was how I how I how I came to be clear on what it was for and who it was for and right. the change I was seeking to make. Exactly. Cause if you were waiting to figure out exactly who and what it was for, I mean, we probably wouldn't even be talking right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you're waiting for the ducks to get in a row, the ducks right. are already in a row. Um, right. And your thing is not about ducks. So leave the ducks alone. <laughs> so I wanted, I specifically wanted to ask you this question because I I've heard, um, I heard uh, Brian Koppelman, who is a friend of Seth's, uh, with a very successful podcast, speak to this. I've, and I recently heard Seth talk about this. And it's interesting because Seth is a big advocate of people blogging, but he recently has become a big advocate about people podcasting. Mm-hmm. But now we're starting to hear about the podcopolis or whatever we're calling it, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the glut, uh, the right. noise in the, in the podcast fear. Um, what are your thoughts on that and you know, is there, you know, have we reached that point where it's it's going to be too noisy for somebody that wants to get started now right. to, to find their way and find their audience? Yeah. So I think my answer would be no, it's definitely not ever going to be too crowded. Um, in the same sense, and I love how Seth, actually he framed it this way for the new, um, for the most recent podcast fellowship. And the headline of his post was podcasting is the new blogging. And prior to that, that hadn't exactly crystallized in my mind that way, but that is exactly how I um, view what we're doing with the podcast fellowship and what people just getting started are doing. So like, I would ask you when you started this podcast, what, and this is what I ask everyone, as you know, everyone wants a podcast these days. I have people emailing me every day. Do you want to produce my podcast? And my first question for everyone, and this is what I'm asking you is, is what was your goal when you launched your podcast? Uh, I was trying to figure out what the hell I was doing. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, <laughs> that's the perfect answer. That's what I liked. Like, but, and that's what we tell all of our students in TPF, the podcast fellowship is, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're not going to have a top 10 podcast mm-hmm. on iTunes anytime soon, you know, like you're just not, and not to say that that could never happen, but it's not something, if your goal is to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads and advertiser dollars right now, like that's not necessarily the place to start that's that's definitely and that when you have a goal like that that's where the crowdedness of the podcast mm-hmm. sphere can impact that but when you think about it um as we were talking about as, as blogging where it's kind of building skills and this is something that a student many students have said at the end of the seven week podcasting class we did they felt like their communication skills were just so much better somebody said like the the quality of conversations they had in their life prior to starting their own podcast was like at a six and now that they have learned interview skills now that they know how to listen like their conversations have just the quality of their conversations with other people has improved i think it's also 
and this is a lot of the, you know, um, passion projects, I guess you could call them that I do. Um, I, I work on a lot of like side projects with my friends and like selfishly, those are just like, so we can talk to our artist friends who we think are cool. So we can go to like um, our author friend's apartment and talk to them about their work. It's like, the, it, it can be self-serving and that's mm -hmm. fine. And like when you're doing something in order to develop your own skills, in order to have fun with your friends, do something creative, there's no, it doesn't matter how many podcasts are out there, you know, cause all you have to do is just make it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, I love that idea that podcasting is just yet another tool for personal development or for, right. um, because I, and I also, you're also speaking kind of around, but to this idea of, you know, podcast about something that's important to you mm -hmm. because scratching your own itch will always attract other people that have yeah. the same itch. And when I, I think one of the very earliest iterations of, of this broadcast was called Meet the Modern Stoics. And it was just an excuse to interview right. all of the authors and all of the, the academics and all of right. um, the practitioners that I was reading about and interacting with online. And I got to have um, 30 minute conversations with the giants in this little niche space right. that I What's never better than that. Had. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Which, and um, it's always fun. I mean, we talk about this, like people, people love talking about themselves. You know what I mean? Not about themselves. I don't feel like I'm talking about myself with you right now, but it's like, it's nice as you framed this when it's a generous conversation among like, like-minded people. And it's, it's really, I think it's fun and productive for everyone. Yeah. And I, I really like what you said about, you know, I feel this way about what I, I say the same thing when I talk to people that are wanting to pursue a music career. Mm -hmm. Um, teaching guitar is what I do for a living. And I've right. been a professional musician all my life. And it's never been about fame and fortune for me because I knew going into, you know, I've started off as a, a, a traditional blues musician. So fame and fortune just was never going to happen. Right. So it was easy to not worry about that too much. Yeah. <laughs> the goal was, can I make enough tonight so that I can wake up tomorrow and do this again? Um, and if you're chasing the metrics, if you're chasing the downloads or the, the, the sponsors or the uh, attention, you're, you're really chase, probably chasing the wrong thing and you're not on a path to, to flourishing in any way. Because mm -hmm. what I have found with people that are chasing the dreams of fame and fortune is that they're never satisfied, even when by all appearances, That's they, very true. they got it, right? That is very true. But if, you're, if your goal instead is to just um, to be a of service to yourself and others mm -hmm. and then every conversation is an opportunity for you to experience that that kind right. of uh that kind of moment yeah. so tell me about the the shift from working in public radio working mm -hmm. in in uh television working with seth mm -hmm. uh, and, and now you are you, you've you've followed this thread into mm -hmm. It sounds like a, a brand new enterprise. Tell, right. tell us a little bit more about, about what you're doing right yeah. now. So I really have never, you know, never been completely independent in terms of work. I've always, you know, had a, I wouldn't call it a nine to five because it was like creative stuff working in podcasting or radio or television. But um, I think it was, it was basically got to a point at the end of last year, very recently where I kind of was financially able to strike out on my own, quit my day job. Um, and I think 
again, it would be, it's impossible to say that Seth wasn't influential on this, but it was something where I went from being kind of like an independent, a freelance producer. And then, you know, people were saying, you should just start your own company. You should, you know, make your own business, figure out things along the way. Um, and so that's exactly what happened. And at this point, um, you know, my production business is called Domino Sound and we're building the website as we speak, but there are a bunch of projects in the pipeline. And I think it's, it's really just a matter of um, the ability to say yes or no to projects, you know? And so when I was working for a company, it was, I would get assignments. Some of those assignments would be dream assignments, like producing a Kimbo. Some of them would be things that I wasn't feeling good about, you know? Um, and I think in reality, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, my company has been around for a month. I'm sure I will find that I'm going to have to say yes to projects that I don't love, even when I'm working for myself. But um, at this point, it's really exciting the prospect of kind of shaping things the way I envision them um, in the way that I feel passionate about and instead of kind of saying yes to a boss. Um, again, this is all brand new to me. I'm taking the Alt MBA in a week or two, hopefully wow. gonna flesh some things out regarding the business. but. It's, it's also just goes back to what we were talking about, um, what I was talking about before, about like the selfish reasons for starting a podcast. I mean, I live in Brooklyn and have a ton of artists, artistic friends, writer friends. And it's like, in, a, in my mind, I don't quite have a business plan, but it, what I'm envisioning is, is working with people who I feel like I can learn a lot from and who I respect and who I enjoy working with. And that's, that's another thing when you're working for a company, you don't necessarily get to choose who you're working with. And it makes such a difference to be able to, you know, hire my friend who's an amazing podcast producer rather than be assigned to this collaborator. So I'm hoping that it's going to be really positive. It's so far so good. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So I'll just share a little tidbit of wisdom from a guy Please. that's been self-employed um, for 35 years. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, the reason why I pulled the trigger on becoming a, a full-time musician and, and becoming self-employed was uh, I had a series of jobs where I worked for really lousy bosses. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if I'm going to work for a jerk, I might as well work for myself. <laughs> That's true. So you're about to work for the world's hardest boss. The world's hardest boss. That's right. I know. Yeah. I'd rather it be me. That's totally right. true. No, it's it's uh, it's incredibly challenging. It's an incre and incredibly rewarding at the same time. And right. It's always just good. To, uh, you know, I would just encourage you to bring your sense of humor. Yes. Um, but uh, it's it's all about from you. You spoke to this being able to mm -hmm. say yeah, you know being intentional about what you're saying yes to right. and what you're saying no to. And the thing that always helped me was to always like have one foot firmly planted in what my purpose was, which, mm -hmm. you know, is wrapped into not only my intention, but also my integrity. What are the, yeah. what are the things that are non-negotiable, but because right. there are some, and yeah. every time I drifted away from my kind of fundamental guiding principles, just in the name of a buck or two, it, right. it just never felt, it was never worth the trade-off. Right. So definitely true. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, it can be a really powerful experience. And, you know, you're, we learn, we learn more from our, you know, the challenging things that we do. I love hearing that you've done it for 35 years. Cause in my mind, it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just have to go get another regular job. But 
35 years is that's that's a good amount of time going strong yeah well i mean it's uh <laughs> i it, it it always it doesn't land until i say that out loud right. so like, wow, it actually has <laughs> it's been a really long time yeah um, one of the things, though, that's really interesting, the, the, the experience that I've had in, in working with Seth's online programs is up until that opportunity presented itself, I, I, I was, the self-narrative was, I'd been working for myself for so long, I was incapable of being domesticated and working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that the Alt-MBA taught me, and yeah. that the experience of working um, in Seth's online programs is that you do much better work when right. you're working with the right people, right? On the right stuff, exactly. Um, and it sounds like you, you're you're very aware right. of that as yeah. you're d diving into what what you're doing. Yeah. So as we're uh, coming coming down to the end of our conversation, I have one um, final question. But before we yeah. get there, mm -hmm. just what would be your top piece of advice or your top two or three pieces of advice for anybody that is thinking about this, jumping into this crazy adventure that you and I call podcasting. Yeah, I think something, and this immediately comes to mind because it's something that um, in every class that I've taught or every, every talk that I give on podcasting for people who are starting to podcast, it's figuring out what, how you can put more of you, of yourself into your podcast. And I think you probably maybe got to that lesson in TPF, but it's essentially, and again, this, this speaks a bit to the crowdedness of the podcasting field. You are the only one who could make your podcast. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of a question of not what does the podcast industry or what does the podcast field need right now, or what's hot right now. It's what, am I interested in? What am I good at? And what unique perspective do I have that I can bring to my podcast? And that's really the main thing because everyone, you know, and I do a lot of work um, in podcasting where it's kind of like trying to bring underrepresented voices into podcasting and working with people of color. And it's, it's a lot of stuff where it's, and this is um, something that we talked about on a podcast I produced called Food for Thought where, and especially in this era, it's kind of like, if I'm a straight white cis person, what unique perspective do I have? Like I need to be writing or talking about some kind of like really out there thing. You know what I mean? Like something that's not, but in reality, like every single person has a unique perspective and a unique experience and a unique voice. So my advice to everyone would be tapping into that and figuring out how you can translate that into audio and into podcasting. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. So the question that I've been asking my guests recently, uh, as a kind of closing question is about this idea that if you could plant one idea or one concept into the minds of everyone tuning in everyone in the world for that matter, that dreams of making a difference through engaging in more compelling conversations or storytelling, what would that idea or concept be? Wow, that's a really big question. I love it. Very thought provoking. I think just now having had this conversation was a little bit of a primer for me. I think it's the idea that you can learn from everyone. And this is what we were talking about with the online community that you've been building with Seth, that I've been building with Seth. It's the idea, and this is, it goes back to my mind being changed through teaching TPF is it's not just your professor or the person above you who you can be learning from and whose opinions are valuable. It's literally everybody. So it's not, it's, it's 
also engaging in serious conversations with people who, and this goes back, who might not be able to immediately give you something where you're maybe not like immediately gaining something from this interaction. It's something that you just have to go on faith that everyone you interact with, you're going to be able to learn from, you're going to be able to broaden your experience. And I think not everyone has that perspective, clearly, you know, in the, in the climate we're in right now. Um, so it would be the idea of keeping an open mind with everyone you talk to. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Alex De Palma, thank you so much thank for you your so time much. being here. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Alex De Palma and her no, new enterprise, Domino Sound, by visiting the new website, which is what? Well, go to alexanderdepalma.com first, and then eventually I'll have a link to my new one. Very good. Thank you, of, Scott. Of course, it's always great to, to see you at becreativeonpurpose.com. Yeah. Now go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Alex De Palma, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you so and much. This was so fun. I really appreciate it.